0: Down East EM podcast. Hi everybody, it is great to join you today virtually to talk about open notes. This is the new movement and the new requirement that patients will be able to read your notes essentially in real time via their patient portal. OMG, is this TMI? Let me start with a case. This case is of my grandma. This is obviously a picture of her from many, many years ago. But when my grandma was in her 70s, she had a heart attack. She presented to her regional rural community access hospital in central Vermont with a STEMI, was immediately diagnosed, evaluated, treated, and helicoptered away to the local PCI capable facility where she had an emergent cardiac cath and a stent placed. She did great after her hospitalization. She went on to have many, many productive years. And after she had recovered, she decided to request her records. This is a reminder that patients have always been able to get their records. It's just that in the past, it was a very cumbersome, lengthy process that resulted in a large stack of paper being delivered to you several weeks after you asked for your records. So my grandma received her records and when she reviewed them, she was very upset. The notes said that she had complained of chest pain. She hadn't complained. She would never complain. She was very upset about this. I was in med school at the time. She called me and told me all about it. And she was really bothered by this tiny detail in her note of what was actually an exceptional feat of medical care that worked out very well. So I think this is one of the things that we worry about when we think about our patients being able to see the notes that we write. Is your patient going to respond negatively to some small detail that they don't have context for Regarding a medical encounter where you provided excellent, state of the art, high quality medical care. Let's go into this in about the next 10 or 15 minutes to learn a little bit more. The Open Notes movement really started in 2010. The first uh, study of this was funded by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and they funded a study at three primary care clinic sites where the doctors in that clinic made their notes immediately available to their patients. The results of this study were very positive, despite everybody being pretty worried about it. And so it kind of snowballed over the next few years. More and more um, institutions began to share notes with patients, largely in the primary care setting. The data accumulated. And in 2016, as part of the Cures Act, the sharing of notes with patients was mandated. The phrasing of the law actually kind of phrases it in the opposite way, we are now not allowed to do information blocking. So with a few very slim exceptions, notes have to be available to patients when they are signed via their patient portal. The uh, initiative, this law, was planned to go into effect back in November, and it got postponed because of COVID and concerns about resources and such, and is currently scheduled to become effective on April 5th. I do kind of wonder whether we might see another postponement just because it feels like we're in perhaps even more of a crisis than we were six months ago, Uh, but we'll see at this point, the date of the effective, uh, effective time of this law is on April 5th. Let's look at the data. The bulk of the data is in the primary care setting, and it has been overwhelmingly positive. Patients report that they feel more in charge of their medical care. They report that they feel better about their doctor. They have better medication compliance. They have a dramatically higher rate of compliance with routine screening testing. The drawbacks that were honestly very troubling, potentially, to these primary care doctors never really seemed to materialize. There was worry that patients would have excess worry or stress by access to their notes. Across the studies, only about 0 to 8% of patients reported that. There was concern that doctors would have to spend a lot more time and energy on their notes. Across studies. Somewhere between zero and 20% of physicians reported spending more time on their notes. There was worried that the clinics were gonna be overwhelmed with phone calls from unhappy patients asking for changes to their chart or asking questions about what was in their record. And it turned out that there was, in general, no change. It seemed like for every patient that was prompted to call by something that they saw in their note, there was another patient who got the information they needed by the ability to refer to their note and didn't call the office. In the inpatient setting, much more limited data, very, very limited, but in one small study that looked at making notes available to patients who were inpatients in the hospital, they asked, is this gonna affect physician workload? Will it change the patient's degree of worry? Are their medications going to be more accurate? And will the patient have a better understanding of their discharge plan and timing? And the answer was for all of these things, both the positives and negatives, there was no change in the hospital setting. So let's talk about the literature in the ED. This is the literature in the emergency department. I have found not a shred of evidence regarding this practice in the ED, uh, despite really, I think, doing a really thorough search. And unfortunately, I have nothing to share with you about open notes as it applies to the emergency department. So understandably, this makes us a little nervous, and I think we get extra nervous because we perceive that we are much more often in these really sticky situations in the ED, and we can envision times and settings where having the patient read your note is going to be less than desirable. What I have found looking into this topic is that it seems that the way to address these sticky situations is largely going to be institution dependent and that your institution can and should have guidance and references for you about how to cope with some of the issues that may arise. For Maine Health, my hospital, what I have found is that one, I am told that we will have the ability to mark notes sensitive. There's been a little discrepancy in the details of this. I am not aware of any guidance about when to mark a note sensitive, and I hope that more information will be coming on this. Another situation that we certainly worry about is say a pediatric patient shares information with you that they wanna keep confidential. Notes that apply to children aged 12 to 17 are accessible only to the child, only to that teenager. Parents do have access to pediatric charts. It is limited though to things like vaccine records and they can also communicate with the, um, with the primary care provider. But your note for a 12 or 13 year old will be confidential to that child's login. Who are patients gonna call if they have a concern about their note? If it's their primary care note, they just call their primary care office. For us, these concerns will get filtered through health information management, and you will receive some sort of notification that a patient has reviewed their record and has some sort of question or concern about it. This has already happened, it just doesn't happen very often, but it certainly does happen when patients request their paper records and then have some sort of issue. So that same process is gonna be in place. It very much remains to be seen how often this will happen. The available data from primary care tells us that we're going to feel very worried about this and it's not going to materialize and we're not going to be overrun with requests for addendums or changes to the record, Uh, but we'll just have to see how that unfolds. So let's talk about some practical tips that you can use to adjust to this upcoming change. The first couple of tips are just obvious and things that we should be doing anyway. Keep it simple and stick to the facts. Now, I do not think that a patient does or should expect their medical record to be a document that they can easily interpret as a layperson. I think that hopefully there's some understanding that this document is primarily a way for healthcare providers to communicate with each other. That being said, if you can simplify your language, minimize some abbreviations, try to make the chart perhaps a little more understandable to the patient, then they're probably gonna have a better experience when they review their record. Stick to the facts. Clearly, we need to do this anyway, but even more so in this setting. And I would addend to this stick to the facts tip that we need to be even more aware than we already are about any sort of chart jousting or criticism of other providers in the chart. Simply state the facts as they are and leave it at that. All right, write what you say and say what you write. I think this tip really dovetails nicely with some practices that we already know improve patient satisfaction in the ED. We know that if we take a patient's history and then say, let me make sure I got it right. You said that your chest pain started yesterday and it did this and it did that. Is that correct? Additionally, when you give that patient discharge instructions, we talk about having them teach it back to you. I've told you to do X, Y, and Z. Let me make sure you understand. So basically minimizing surprises in the chart. And I know that we tend to try to avoid typing and documenting at the bedside while the patient is right there, but in a way this open notes uh, movement might support doing that so that you can refer to your note, refer to the patient, and make sure that you're getting it right. Discuss next steps. We know from the primary care literature that your patient is going to look at this note to help refresh their memory about what to do next. And in fact, they may look at this note with a family member. They may be somebody who does not speak English as their primary language. They may bring it to a friend to help understand it. They might be very hard of hearing and they didn't really get what you said. They may bring it to a family member to help interpret. So consider adding into your note a second person Paragraph where you're telling the patient what to do next. Please follow up with your PCP Please take this or that medication. Please come back to the ED if X Y or Z happens This is my favorite feel-good tip for how to interact with uh, open notes Patients love it when they look at their note and they feel supported by the physician that saw them. So if you see a patient who's had some sort of victory or success in the care, of, in their healthcare, in the, their care of themselves, support that in the chart. Maybe they've quit smoking, they've lost weight, they've been compliant with their medications. If you can write a positive and supportive statement for them in the chart and then they read it in the aftermath of that visit, they're gonna feel really good and it's gonna support those healthy habits even more so. And then finally, tame your dragon. So, vo- voice dictation software has its limitations. I think that we are. Uh forgiving and perhaps even more amused than anything else when we see crazy dragonisms in uh, a note from a colleague. But I do think that patients are gonna be less understanding and less forgiving of this and potentially extremely confused depending upon what the the error may be. So really continue to try to maximize the efficiency and accuracy of using your voice dictation software and even consider putting in a dot phrase that acknowledges that your note was created using dictation software and that there might be errors. In conclusion, I think there are clearly reasons for apprehension about this change, in particular, the absolute lack of any data or evidence in the ED setting. But I also think that there's reasons for optimism. People were very worried about this in the primary care setting, and it turned out to be a very positive change. That first study that I told you about, when they asked the patients and the doctors at the end of the study, do you want to keep doing this? 99% of the patients said yes, and 100% of the doctors said yes. So our apprehension may be unwarranted, and we may find some really great benefits to this change. Finally, this is what we do in emergency medicine. We take curveballs as they come to us. We make changes in our practice. I'm very confident that we will learn and adapt to this new change. Thanks so much.